is the lover and the fighter podcast with josh cohen and dean thomas indeed this is the lover and the fighter podcast i would be lover as in brother love j to the c he would be fighter in the form of the ufc mma pioneer the ufc's king of all media dean's diaries dana white looking for a fight pre-shows, post-shows, in-fight commentary, play-by-play during these pay-per-view events, including Saturday night's UFC 273, where you had gems of wisdom throughout the night, Dean Thomas, literally dropping gems of wisdom until the moment you said this could be it for Aljamain Sterling, and then you jinxed them and he had to go and sweat out a decision. Great, great job on that. No, no, that's not true. I said this could be it, and it could have been it. Oh, that's a wasn't. great point. It's a, why did I teach you uh, the semantics matter? Why? Why did, the biggest right. mistake I ever made was teaching you the subtleties in language and why words matter? Because you didn't say this is it. You said this could be it. And technically, even if he had no chance whatsoever, it still could have been. Damn you! I know. See, this is what I'm talking about. This is why you created a monster in me. Yeah. Now yeah. I'm I'm just going to pick apart everybody's argument yeah. with semantics. Good idea. Good idea. I uh, remember the premium content of this show where there's bonus and extra and we go longer. That's what she said. Is available at ufcfightpass.com. Uh UFC Fight Pass on the app. Uh you you can get the rest of this over there. And we did get into Ian Gary a little bit. I'm not going to ask you here Dean Thomas about comparisons to Connor. We're going to get deep into that over there with the premium side at UFC Fight Pass. But Mm -hmm. what did you see in Ian Gary on Saturday night that made you think, you know what, this kid's ready for the moment. He is maybe what he claims he is, if anything at all. Just his confidence. His confidence. Like that, having that confidence, you can't really teach that. Like having that confidence is instilled in you. It's innate in your DNA. He has the confidence. As long as he can have the skill level that's congruent with that confidence, he can go all the way. But we have to see, man, having that confidence is key, though. It's money. He's a good-looking kid. He is what we call marketable. He's good-looking. He talks well. He talks shit well. He's that guy. But the kind of comparisons, we're going to get into that, as I mentioned, over on UFC Fight Pass. Korean Zombie, the question is, um, have we seen the last of him? And I, I know we'll go deeper into that on the Fight Pass side, but let's just talk about Zombie because this is a guy who I feel like Saturday night everyone was rooting for. And by that I mean the people knew he didn't have a chance. The people in the arena knew. Obviously Las Vegas knew they didn't really have a chance. But as you and I always say, you step inside that cage, you got a puncher's chance always. Um, Korean Zombie is one of those figures that it seems like the window for his real opportunity now has officially closed. Am I crazy to say that? It's crazy to think that because he has such a cult following. And you're right, like so many people wanted him to win because of that cult following and that uh, that started from back when he was in the WEC I mean I you could I could remember seeing you know just random people wearing his t-shirt right and then he was going for a while but now it does finally look like his window of opportunity is closed but if he even if it is he had such a good run and I've got to give him credit for what he's done yeah I feel you on that however um for someone living up to their nickname you know Bigfoot Silva looked like Bigfoot and by the end of this fight, Korean Zombie looked like a zombie. Yeah, I mean, not only that, but like him walking forward, taking that type of punishment. It was uncomfortable to watch at times. There were times where I had to take my eyes off of the cage and off of the screen because he'd get hit and I'd just go, oh, my God. Because he's so likable. Be- because he's so likable yeah. of a guy. If that's someone and who he- talks a bunch of bleep and, and is, you know, grating, let's be honest. We like to see them take a beating. Let's be honest. And this yeah, guy, we don't want to have Right. 
Yeah, I didn't want to see him take a beat, man. His hair was cut nice. Like, he just looked like a nice dude. He was taking this fight. Like, even when he wasn't supposed to, you just wanted to see him do a little bit better than he did. Um, What was a moment that Dean Thomas felt like everybody loved him inside the cage? When was a moment that you felt like, you know what? These people are all rooting for me, cheering for me. They don't want to see me get hurt. They want to see me stay pretty. When was one of those for you? Let's do story time with Dean Thomas. When, when, when everybody wanted to see me not get hurt right Whew. that is tough because i know it wasn't hawaii <laughs> you know I would have to, yeah it wasn't hawaii I'd, I'd have to say the only time where i think people were more so rooting for me was when i fought clay guida because it was in fort lauderdale at the hard rock and i fought clay guida and i was the local dude so i think everybody was rooting for me everybody was cheering for me right. And even when the decision was announced, it was a split decision, and Clay had thought he won. But when I won, everybody went crazy. So I think that that was one of those moments where people were feeling me as yeah. opposed to the other guy. Now, there's one thing when people want somebody to win. Like, for example, uh, there's a lot of folks that wanted to see Kazma Chimaev win over Gilbert Burns inside that arena and around the country. But they also wanted to see violence. They woke up and chose violence and hit buy on the pay-per-view. I feel like there are certain fighters that people want to see go through untouched because they literally don't want to see them take physical harm. And I feel like Zombie on Saturday night was one of those people that that folks, whether they be in social media around the country watching on pay-per-view or inside the arena, um, am I crazy to say that it feels as though they were like, please, like, just don't get hurt. We don't want to see that. We'd love to see if when if possible. It's not going to happen. But just don't get marked up. Don't get marked up. Well, I mean, the thing is, we all knew what was going to happen. We knew that he was fighting a fight that was an uphill battle for him. Volkanovski was a tough matchup. Just stylistically, it was a tough matchup. Yeah. So I think because we knew that, we were hoping against what was going to, what would happen. We was thinking in our head, all right, with optimism going, all right, we know what's supposed to happen, but please don't let that happen. Please give him more of a chance because, and especially after the, the night went the way it did with the fights going the yep. way they did. Yep. We were we was just hoping that we saw something better from the Korean zombie and he could be more competitive. We will go deeper into his future and the prediction that is shocking on the UFC Fight Pass content at UFCFightPass.com and on that app. All right, let's move on now to the night in Jacksonville itself. The cheers for the former champion. Excuse me, the, the cheers for the former champion, the Russian, who was disqualified for the illegal knee. And yet a lot of boon for Aljamain Sterling. You know Aljamain Sterling. He is a friend of yours. What? What? How was he misunderstood? How was he? We know that he's very unlikable to the masses. But but what did people misunderstand or not know about him that if they did, they probably have more love for him? You know what's crazy is before he was champion, I remember talking to him and doing interviews with him and him telling me that he wanted to do more stuff. Like he wanted to do more interviews. He want like he wanted the media attention and that's not common for a lot of fighters a lot of fighters think that they just can let their fight and do the talking for them and they're good enough to be able to get love and be received by the masses just by fighting mm -hmm. Bain wasn't like that he was never like that he was always like yo i'm willing to do the interviews i'm willing to do the media i'll, I'll do press i'll do the tours and that's something that he wanted to do and the fact that he's in the position now where he can claim himself to be the best in the world the exact opposite is happening for him. Yeah. The the masses do not receive him. Yeah. Which is kind of I don't know if that's irony or what you would call that, but the fact that that's what he wanted, 
now that he got in a position where he can claim to be the best in the world, he's not getting the love that he thought he would have. The reason why he's so unpopular, the ugly truth about what this is all about, we will also get into that over on the premium content at UFC Fight Pass. All right, let's move on, Dean Thomas, to another area there within is the fight of the night. Gilbert Burns and Hazmat Shemaev. Um, this was a banger. We knew it was a banger. You're sitting cage side. You're doing coach's commentary on the broadcast team. When was the moment you thought it was over? Obviously, you were wrong because I was wrong. We were all wrong. There, was, there were three moments in the fight in which you're like, uh-oh, this could be it. When did you think, oh my, for the most, of the three or four, in your case, you're sitting closer, um, that you thought, you know what? I think it's going to, this might end right here, right now. When was that? When Gilbert Burns got dropped by that jab. Yeah. I yeah. thought that could be it for him because that's the punch that Kamar Usman landed on Gilbert when it was over. So when that happened, I was, I was thinking, this could be it. Whole arena thought this could be it because that's what everybody was expecting. They was expecting it for it to be over early. And then he went down from that jab. I said, oh, no. But my call on the fight was, Gilbert Burns needs to use his defensive Brazilian jiu-jitsu in order to hold Cosmat off. And that's exactly what he did when he got dropped. He used his guard, was able to keep himself safe, and was able to come back from that. Um, we saw a banger, and some people compared it to the November banger between Michael Chandler and Justin Gagey. Um, we won't get into the comparison here about which truly was the crazier fight, but we will do so on the UFC Fight Pass Premium content. All right, who proved more at UFC 273, Kazma Chemayev or Alexander Volkanovsky? Again, we'll get deeper, much deeper into that with answers on the premium content side, but what did you see in Volkanovsky that reaffirmed what you believed before? And that is that he is likely the greatest featherweight, certainly now, but possibly ever. What did you see on Saturday night that you didn't already really fully appreciate? Well, just his IQ, you know, he, he typically comes out in a certain way and has a certain start and that's what, re- and then he just kind of rolls downhill from there. To me, he started off in like fourth gear as opposed to second gear. He started off in fourth gear, letting his hands fly. I didn't realize he had such accuracy in his punching. Man, I didn't realize quick. that he had such speed in his punching. He was quick. And he was, he was quick. And that to me stood out more than anything else it's just, his speed and precision in his hands, and whew, they did was, he start off and finish listen, in a good way. The, the experts like yourself were saying about Alexander Volkanovsky Saturday night, what your prom dates all said about you through high school. Man, he was quick. <laughs> uh, and they still saying that about me. What, your prom dates? Really? You still keep in touch with your prom dates? No. <laughs> yeah, still keep in touch with my prom dates. But whoever I'm with, they still saying, man, he's quick. Um, who, uh, who was you, who were you most excited about on Saturday night when you headed into the arena? And then who were you most excited about when you left? You know, it's, I was most excited about the comms out fight. Really? Um, if no, actually I I take that back. I was probably more excited about Al Mm -hmm. I was probably more excited about the personal level, but leaving. Yeah, on a personal level, sure. on a personal level. Yeah. And then leaving, I was probably most excited about Gilbert Burns. Again, these are on personal levels because I felt like going into those fights, they were both disrespected. And coming out of those fights, they 
at least Gilbert got the respect I think he deserves. I don't think Al Jermaine got the respect, but Gilbert got the respect he deserves. Understood. Back in March of 2017, you were up for uh, MMA Coach of the Year. Obviously, you didn't win that. Because um, if you did, that would be in the title. When we talk about you, you know, the king of all media, this, that, whatever, we would say 2016, I guess it was 2016, 2017 awards. We were in uh, Vegas. Remember, I almost peed my pants, waiting for them to announce mm-hmm. you had lost. I remember. As soon as they said, ja, yep. for John Kavanaugh, I sprinted to the bathroom. And, said, and then I physically, I physically ran into and bounced off of Michael Chiesa in the men's room. And he was like, <laughs> whoa, Tiger. And I was like, no, bro, I'm about to pee in my pants. You don't understand. Um, that Saturday yeah. night, your fighter, Tyron Woodley, our boy, had defended his title. And then it was an after party at some terrible club at the Luxor. I think it's called LAX, like the airport. I th- yes, it is, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so... I was waiting there at the champ's table, you know, elevated area, um, w- waiting for him to arrive, make his grand entrance with the belt, etc. And it was me and El Jermaine, and El Jermaine's brother was there with us too, right? Was it his brother or somebody with him? Uh-huh, he's had a brother. All right. So we're the Either early- his brother or his cousin. All right. We were the early arrivals. We were sitting there. And then Tyron walks through, and the DJ announces him, and he's got his shades on. He's got the gold belt, and he's walking through. And then he comes up to the thing, and he sits us at the table. And I'm already making drinks, as you already know for me. And I remember Aljo looking at the belt, and he said to no one in particular, like, man, I'm getting one, too. He said, man, I'm getting one, too. Like, the eyes were on, the, the, eyes were on the prize. You know, you know that certain yeah. thing that people see? Where, where like, in your case, if I'm with a hot chick, like, you'll look at it and you'll feel the same way. You're like, I'm getting one of those, two one day. Mm-hmm. Wait and see. That's, yep. how, that's how he... You call your shot, man. You manifest. Yeah. But, but it wasn't like, you know, for show. It was a kid looking at a bicycle in, in a store window, you know, back in the day and saying, you know what, one day I'm going to make that happen. And he did. That's, I'm telling you, man, that's call your shot. You put it out there in the universe, you call it, you say it, and then you go ahead and act upon it, and you never know what can happen. And in his case, it happened. Fair enough. We'll leave it there. The answers to all the questions I posed earlier, the deeper dives, all at UFC Fight Pass on the app and on UFCFightPass.com. So check the rest of it out there uh want to do this again next week what do you say yeah i say we do it again next week i mean finally one more time i was gonna say finally we get a couple bucks out of it we might as well it would have been dumb to have done it free all that time and then stop when you start making a couple of ducats right that'd be just stupid <laughs> that, that's like yeah, somebody right? that's it's like somebody quitting dumb their, idea yeah it's like somebody quitting their longtime job just as pandemic started like yeah. dean thomas did no let's <laughs> yeah, but that opened up the doors for me to be the king of all media. Yes, it did. You can't call yourself that. We call you that. You can't call you that. Oh, my bad. He is. Uh, my bad. The prince he of is, all media. He is the UFC's king of all media. There he is. For Dean Thomas, Josh Cohen saying thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time for the next episode of the Lover and the Fighter podcast.